0: this morning. Well, it is Memorial Day weekend, and uh, I know for a lot of us, whenever we think of Memorial Day weekend, uh, we kind of think of it as the big, you know, kickoff to summertime. Uh, the pools are opening, the brats are grilling, but let's not forget what Memorial Day weekend is all about. Amen. So, Memorial Day weekend, um, it's a time where we uh, remember all those who have given their ultimate sacrifice. Um, for our freedoms here in America. It's also become a time where we like to acknowledge veterans and those who are currently serving today um, in the military. And so before we get any further, um, I would like to actually do that as a church. Um, If you would, if you're a veteran or you're currently serving the military, please, wherever you're at, go ahead and stand up. And we would just like to say a special thank you today (laughs) from Orchard Church. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you all. You may be seated. Well, today uh, we are going to talk about life goals. That's what we're talking about this morning. And uh, if you have, uh, unless you've been hiding under a rock or something, I'm sure you've heard about this little thing called hashtags. Um, Hashtags, uh, you know, working with students, if there's one thing I know about the next generation They love their hashtags. They hashtag everything. In fact, there is a hashtag for everything. I mean, if you are watching sports, there is a hashtag for that. If you are baking cookies, there is a hashtag for that. If you are listening to your Spanish Pastor Marcial talk about tacos, there is a hashtag for that. Believe it or not, I have to use that hashtag all the time. (laughs) Well, there's a hashtag for everything, everything under the sun. And I'm still learning um, about hashtags. You know, they're basically a filter on social media. So uh, that way you'd be able to search a particular topic and it's kind of an easy way to filter through. Well, in talking with students, I learned recently that I've been doing the whole hashtag thing incorrectly. I've been doing it wrong. Because apparently whenever you talk about a hashtag in a public setting like I am right now, you have to do the universal sign for hashtag. And so I looked it up this last week. This is the universal sign for hashtag. Go ahead and take a look. Hey, Justin, what's up? Not much, Jimmy. Hashtag chillin'. What's up with you? It's been busy working. Hashtag rise and grind. Hashtag is it Friday yet? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, check it out. I brought you some cookies. Oh. Hashtag homemade. Hashtag oatmeal raisin. Hashtag show me the cookie. <laughs> Sweet. Hashtag don't mind if I don't. Pretty good. Hashtag get my cookie on. Hashtag I'm the real cookie monster. Hashtag no 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 no. Delicious, right? Yeah. Hashtag I did it all for the cookie. Hashtag LOL Hashtag classic. By the way, did you catch last week's episode of Duck Dynasty? Hashtag quack quack. Nah, lately I've mostly been watching Netflix. Hashtag orange is the new black. Oh, nice. I've been watching a lot of Barney the Dinosaur. Hashtag purple is the new black. Hashtag I love you, you love me, we're a happy family. Hashtag I'm 38. Hashtag dinosaurs. Hashtag how do they go extinct? Hashtag meteor. Hashtag Ice Age. Hashtag, speaking of Ice Age, I just watched Ice Age on demand the other day. Hashtag funny. Hashtag Ray Romano. Hashtag Tebra! (laughs) Tebra! Oh my goodness. So that is the universal sign for hashtags. So today we are going to be talking about hashtag life goals. Um, it is going to be hashtag awesome, hashtag I hope, hashtag God, please speak through me and don't let me mess up because I want people to come back. Amen? <laughs> Amen. All right. Well, uh, whenever I think of hashtags, um, I, you know, every message I always uh, find a way to talk about my wife and possibly throw her under the bus. And so um, I have a Facebook picture of something my wife tagged uh, this last week. And so we're going to go ahead and bring it up. Uh, This is what my wife posted. She said, uh, she's talking of our kids. They made up their own picnic in the back. Oh my goodness, look at all the hashtags. I'm going to try to get through them. Hashtag Kinsley Roses. Hashtag Gannon Ryan. Hashtag She's 3. Hashtag He's 2. Hashtag Cute kids, hashtag sweet moments, hashtag big sis, hashtag little bro, hashtag singleton fam, hashtag the singleton kids, hashtag the singleton five. Oh my goodness. It's a hashtag for everything. Leave it to my wife. (laughs) Well, today we are going to be talking about hashtag life goals. And don't worry, that's the last time I'm going to go ahead and do the universal sign and say hashtag life goals. But you guys, speaking of life goals, we all have life goals, don't we? We all have things in our life that we want to accomplish over the course of our life. We all have things that we want to do or places to visit, things that we want to see. Um, More or less, it's kind of like a bucket list, if you will. We kind of make a list, you know, of different things that we want to accomplish and how we, you know, places we want to be or, or whatever, and we then check that off our bucket list when actually we do those things, well, I'm finding with students these days, now they are using this hashtag, and it's a very popular hashtag right now, hashtag life goals on the internet as a way of saying, man, one day I want to be here. You know And it's usually uh, uh, tagging themselves in maybe something that's a success or, or some, you know, maybe they're in Cancun or something like that. And they're like, man, one day I would love to go there. One day I would love to be able to do that or I would love love to be able to see that thing. And so they tag that and it's a way of being able to check it off of their list one day. Well, some of my life goals growing up, just to share with you, uh, number one was to get married, which, praise God, I was able to do that despite me mentioning her in every single message and and doing stuff like that. She still loves me, praise the Lord, Um, so that I could check that off my list. Um, Another life goal of mine was to have a big family, to have many kids, and uh, we have three kids, three years old and under. Um, hashtag busy, I tell you what, Um, and so uh, I'm very blessed that God has been able to um, provide those kids for us in our lives. Another life goal of mine was to live my life just helping people, Um, That's that's just I really have a heart for people, and I wanted my life to have some type of meaning. I didn't want to just you know kind of going through the workday and just doing whatever or doing nothing. I wanted my life to have meaning, and and fortunately, I've been able to serve in uh, the ministry or in a church setting for the last 13 years. So praise God for that. Now there's another you know a few other uh, life goals that I didn't really get to accomplish. Um, One of my life goals was to be a professional sports player. I think like many young kids growing up. Um, or I wanted to be an architect. It was one or the other. You know? I'm like, all right. I mean, God, you know, he has an interesting sense of humor because nowadays as a youth pastor, I, I play a lot of games with the students. But then I'm also constantly rebuilding things in the youth group, things that are broken or destroyed. And so I, I'm like, okay, God, I see what you did there. You kind of combine those two ideas. So I guess I'm kind of a sports player slash architect these days, but not really. But at least I'll try to check that off my list. But by a show of hands today, I mean, how many of you have something in life that you just want to make your goal? You have a life goal. Maybe it's not very specific, but you're saying, yeah, I want my life to have meaning. I want to do something with my life. I have places I want to go. I have things that I want to see. I think we all can relate. We all have life goals. We all have things in our lives that we wish to accomplish, And maybe some of your life goals is maybe it's just having a nice job. You know, I just want a good job where I have good hours and good pay, and I'm just able to provide for my family. Maybe your life goal has to do with with your house, you know, and you want to have a really nice house, the white picket fence. You know, it's your dream home. Maybe that's one of your life goals. Maybe one of your life goals instead is owning a boat or being able to go hunting every day or having lots of money. You know, we all have these different life goals, and I want you to hear me loud and clear. There is nothing wrong with any of these life goals. There's nothing wrong with them. But the thought I'm going to challenge us with today is this. If today those are our only life goals, and we're not dreaming bigger, we're not thinking bigger and better, and not thinking outside of ourselves, if that is all that there is, then we are truly missing out. There's definitely more to life than just owning a bunch of things. There's definitely more to life than just these life goals. So I'm not saying you throw those life goals out the window. I'm saying instead, maybe we should add some other life goals to our lives as well. Because, hear this, I mean, I'm a firm believer that God has amazing things in store for each and every single one of us. I'm a firm believer that God has many amazing things planned for us. And there are things in our lives, I mean, sins in our lives that God wants removed from our lives. God wants us to conquer addictions and overcome them. I mean, God wants us to have milestones in our relationship with Jesus. But here's the thing, and here's the disclaimer that I've come to realize. God's life goals for us are way different than our own life goals. They're way different. I mean, Jesus has a way of kind of flipping the world upside down, oftentimes, right? I mean, uh, Marcial, you know, who spoke last week, he says, when we are weak, we are actually strong. And God has an interesting way of doing this, kind of flipping it on its head. And so God's life goals for us are way different than maybe what you would expect. So let's take a look today. We're going to be in Luke 9 23. We're going to spend most of our time in that one verse. And we're going to take a look at three life goals. Jesus mentions for anyone who wants to follow him. If you're here today and you want to follow God, you want to live your life for Jesus. Maybe you want to turn your life around and get back on track. Well, these are three life goals or a three-step program, if you will, to following God. And I don't know about you, but if God, if he ever says, hey, I got, I got three things for you to do. I, you know, I want you to do this, this, and this. I am all ears. I mean, God, give me a process. Give me a list of different things that I can implement into my lives. And, man, if we implement it into our lives, guys, it would be life-changing. So let's take a look. Luke nine twenty three says this. If any of you, and this is Jesus speaking, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your way, your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. And so the first life goal Jesus gives us in Luke 9.23 is, number one, say it with me, I must give up my own way. Number one, life goal number one, I must give up my own way. Now, just the context of this scripture, I mean, this is right after Jesus tells his disciples, hey, I'm going I'm to die soon. I mean, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die for mankind Three days later, I'm going to raise from the dead. I mean, some crazy stuff that he's telling his disciples. And then before saying this, Jesus, he actually shifts his attention over to the rest of the crowd that is there. It's almost as if Jesus sees a teachable moment, and he begins to tell us the fine print of being a Christian. The fine print, you know, the things that maybe necessarily you don't hear all the time. And it's a life goal for every single one of us. Life goal number one, give up. Isn't that an awesome life goal? <laughs> I mean, you know, how many times, I mean, maybe you go to your friend and say, hey, I want a life goal for my life. I mean, something I could live for, something I could try to amount to and really try to succeed in life. And if your friend would be like, all right, I got one for you. Just give up, bro. You're like, man, all right, that's, that's a horrible life goal. That doesn't sound good at all. But it's interesting because that's how God is oftentimes, right? He flips everything upside down. And so life goal number one is to give up. To yield your life completely to God. To stop fighting Him. Why are you wrestling with Him? Why are you constantly trying to battle with God? Life goal number one, just give up. Trust in God. He wants the best for you. He loves you. God is for you. If only we would just release control, give up our own way, and trust in Him. You know, it's really weird. Uh, Every time I teach, I I kid you not, every time I teach here at Orchard Church, God has me teach on this topic of giving up your own way. It's as if God is trying to tell my wife something, you know? I'm like, maybe she's just not getting it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Obviously, it's something that I have to work on. Give up, Ryan. You need to give up your own way. See, whenever I think of give up, I think of my favorite Saturday morning cartoon. I'll give you a hint of what that cartoon is. It involves a coyote, a roadrunner, and a meep meep. Anybody ever seen this cartoon before? The road runner cartoons, one of my favorites. I remember on Saturday mornings, I would sit there for hours upon hours watching this cartoon and it was always so predictable, right? Wiley Coyote is trying to catch the Roadrunner, and so he has his bag of tricks, and he keeps failing every single time. It's like clockwork. The same thing happens every episode. And I don't know about you, but for me, by the end, I found myself rooting for the Coyote. You know, I'm like, I wanted him to catch that pesky Roadrunner because he never did. I wanted to root for the underdog. I wanted the, the coyote to finally catch him. I never really thought that through as a kid, like what would actually happen, you know, if he caught him. Um, I, I guess in my own mind, I'm like, well, yeah, they'd just be friends and walk off into the sunset and eat at Chick-fil-A, you know? I mean, things that friends do. <laughs> but here's the thing. The, by the end of every episode, what would happen? Wile e. Coyote, he would give up, right? He'd finally give in finally stop trying, and in some episodes, you'd even see him take out a raggedy white flag and wave it as a form of surrender and saying, all right, you win, I lose, and I, I hated that. <laughs> I absolutely hated that because I wanted to see him succeed. I wanted to see him win, and I think that has a lot to do with my own heart. I hate giving up. Maybe you're like me. You hate giving up. You want to see the underdog, you know, succeed. You want to actually, you know, conquer. You want to see that task completed. You hate the thought of giving up because why? That implies losing. That implies not winning. The truth of the matter is, I love how Jesus' ideas are completely opposite of ours. Jesus says, if you want to be my follower, give up. Because by giving up, you're actually winning. You are. By giving up and yielding your life to me, you are actually winning in life. Trade your life goals in for my life goals for you. That's the only way that you're ever going to feel totally fulfilled in life. You can continue to go down your own bucket list. You can continue to try on, you know, with all your other life goals. And that's okay that you have them. But man, take upon some of my life goals for your life. That's the only way that you're ever truly going to be satisfied. Well, the words give up here, um, and this is in your notes, also mean to deny. You might see that in in some of your translations. But it also means, and and this is in your notes, to forget oneself. you guys repeat that after me? To forget oneself. Now, it's not speaking of your identity. It's not speaking of the way that God has uniquely designed you or created you to be. I mean, if you look at the context here, it's saying your own way. I mean, this is talking about the natural, sinful, rebellious, me first type of mentality. That is what we are to give up and giving up our own way. Because church, giving up is growing up. Giving up and yielding your life to God. Giving up your me first mentality to God. That's growing up. That's becoming more mature in Christ. And man, if you can let go of yourself, you'll be happier. You'll find greater fulfillment. Because here's the truth. Jesus wants us to be selfless. Jesus wants us to be about other people. Well, why? Because when we give up our own way, we are being like Jesus. That's what's taking place. When we are selfless, when we are about other people, we are actually like Jesus. Philippians 2, 6 through 7 says this, speaking of Jesus, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he, what church? Gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. See, when we make that one of our life goals to give up our own way, we are being like Jesus. Jesus did the very same thing. So what does that look like for you here today? What does that look like for you specifically? What is that one thing that God is asking you to give up? He's saying, you know what? You need to give up your own way in this area. You, You need to yield to me. You need to trust in me in this one particular area. What is that one thing? For me, I mean, I know my marriage, just being honest with you, would be so much better If I just forgot about myself sometimes, (laughs) amen? (laughs) All the guys in the room, amen? It would be so much better if I just sometimes forgot about myself. And so may this be a life goal of ours that we live out as we seek to be a follower of Jesus. So number one, we must give up our own way. Number two, you see the second life goal Jesus provides for us there? Let me go ahead and read this scripture again. It says in Luke 9.23, if any of you wants to be my follower... You must give up your own way, and say it with me, church, take up your cross daily. So number two, I must, I must take up my cross daily. Now, I remember when I first heard this phrase, take up my cross daily, just being completely honest with you guys, I had no idea what it meant or what it entailed. Because when I think of the word cross, maybe you're a lot like me. I think of the, the shiny, beautiful necklace, you know, that we wear around our necks. You know, it's a cross necklace. Or, or maybe I think of a really cool-looking cross tattoo with the crown of thorns around it. You know, I think of that. Or, or I also think of the filtered version of the cross that we actually have up in our homes. And we have a nice, beautiful verse to go along with it. You know, God bless this home. And I'm not saying anything these things are wrong. But think about the disciples in that day and age. For them, they knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. There was no question about what Jesus was referring to, because when Jesus mentioned taking up your cross daily, what they pictured was a poor, condemned soul walking on death row. Because that day and age, it was very, very real for them. The cross in the people of Jesus' day it was a very concrete and vivid reality to them. I mean, the cross itself was an instrument of execution reserved for Rome's harshest enemies, worst enemies. It was also a symbol of death and torture. I mean, the disciples during that day, sitting there hearing this at that time, no doubt had they passed by many crosses in their day because Rome would leave the crosses up for a period of many days as a way of being able to strike fear and terror into their enemies and making sure that they have complete submission from their people. And so Jesus makes it very clear. This second life goal is not all rainbows and unicorns. This second life goal is very much a harsh reality. But it's one important for all of us to hear. It's this. Um, I've heard it said this way before. Andy Stanley um, said this. I, I, th- I can't say it any better than him. Uh, Salvation is free. It costs us nothing. Amen. But following Jesus, it will eventually cost you something. Following Jesus, it may cost you at some point your friends. Because now you're living your life differently than everybody else. And they're wondering, well, why are you living that way? I mean, your light is shining on the darkness. Why? What, you think you're better than us? And obviously, that's not the heart's intent. But living for Jesus, it may cost you your friends. It may cost you your job at some point. Because that thing that you used to do for your job, now you're not comfortable with. You say, you know what? I have a moral obligation to live my life correctly before God. And so I don't want to keep doing that thing that you're asking me to do uh, uh, all the time. And so I'm, I'm going to instead sacrifice my job. Following Jesus at some point, it may cost you your reputation. You're no longer you know, known as the fun person you know, at the parties. Maybe all of a sudden you know, you're known for a different person, a Jesus freak, a Jesus follower. And a lot of people don't understand. It may cost you your dreams or your aspirations. It's very well possible. You see, taking up your cross is a symbol of sacrifice. It's in your notes. Taking up your cross, what it's talking about, it is a symbol of sacrifice. And that warm and fuzzy goal, (laughs) Jesus makes this your life goal. He says, if you want to follow me, if you want your life to drastically change in your life, the hard truth is that it's not all going to be good. There's going to be possibly some bad in your life as well. The way I look at it is this. Because um, oftentimes people say, well, why? I mean, students will ask me, like, why? Why does life have to be tough? Why do I have to go through these tough things? And I know in our upcoming series, we're going to answer this, this question in great detail. But this is an analogy that I like to share when I'm asked that question. You know, for us, we are on ground level as a, as a parade passes by, right? I mean, you see the beginning of the parade. You see the middle of the parade. You see the end of the parade. You see each float as it passes you by. But God's ways are higher than our own. And God has an aerial perspective on the parade. And so God can see the beginning from the end. God knows what is coming later on in life. So oftentimes we can cry out and say, God, why is this happening to me? Why do I have to sacrifice my friends? Why do I have to sacrifice my job? Why am I going through these different things? But God says, trust me. I know the beginning from the end. I can see the big picture. You can't see the big picture." So just trust in me as I continue to live my life through you. One of my favorite verses, uh, Galatians 2.20, says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ now lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You guys, the truth is, we sacrifice because God sacrificed for us, amen? We sacrifice, we live for God because he sacrificed for us. Now this morning, I don't pretend to stand up here and know exactly what every single one of you are going through because the truth of the matter is, I don't, that's impossible, that's that's for God to know. But that's the truth in it. God knows exactly where every single one of us are at. And so when I'm talking about the word sacrifice, what does it mean specifically for you? What is it that God is calling you to sacrifice in your own life? I'd encourage you to listen to that voice. I'd encourage you to say, all right, God, I hear you loud and clear. I will go ahead and sacrifice that for you because you sacrificed for me. You know, with my wife and I, um, sacrifice means something completely different for us in this this season of life that we're in. Uh, We've been married five years and have three kids, three years old and younger, (laughs) Uh, hashtag very busy (laughs) and they demand a lot of our time and so for us it's having to say no to a lot of things unfortunately because we want to be able to say yes to our kids you know we want to be good parents we want to raise them up in the way that they should be brought up and that's difficult at times and don't worry I have a personal life you know I'm not in danger or anything but it's difficult to say no to these different things because I want to say yes to the very best See, sacrifice is giving up things we love for things that we love even more. And a lot of you, I mean, we honored you here this morning, your are veterans and those who are currently serving. You guys know firsthand what sacrifice means. You had to leave your family. You had to leave your loved ones. You had to leave your kids in order to sacrifice for our freedom. And that's what it's all about. Sacrifice is giving up things we love for things that we love even more. And so whatever it is that God has placed on your heart today, I just encourage you, be obedient to that. Sacrifice those things. And here at the end of number two in your notes, there's a healthy reminder for all of us of how often it is to be done. Do you see that? Yearly. No, wait, it doesn't say that, does it? Monthly. No, doesn't say that either. Anytime that you get a paycheck. <laughs> no, doesn't say that either. Say it with me, church. How often we are to sacrifice? Daily. Daily. We are to daily take up our cross for Jesus. Why? Well, because he sacrificed for us. So if I want to be a follower of Jesus, I must give up my own way. I need to take up my cross daily. Well, number three, found there in the last part of Luke 9, 23 says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow Pastor Doug. No, wait, it didn't say that, does it? Okay, let me try again. And follow Dr. Phil. Nope, doesn't say that either. And follow a Christian organization on Twitter. Nope. It says, who? Follow me. We are to follow Jesus. We are to follow Jesus. And so... You know, it's only after a person gives up their own ways, takes up their cross daily, that I firmly believe that we are prepared to follow Jesus. If you think about it, it's pretty straightforward. Do you want to be a follower of Jesus? Yes. Then follow Jesus. (laughs) That's my last point. Then follow Jesus. Uh, To follow, um, just to give you a little bit of context, to follow means to come after, to conform to, or to, and say it with me, imitate It also means to imitate. So to follow Jesus means to imitate Jesus. It means to conform your life to the way that God lived his life. It means to follow him with all of your heart. And if you are going to take on the name of a Christian, then you are to act Christ-like. I mean, it would be foolishness for me to say, hey, I am a Christian, but I don't look at all different from the rest of the world, Do all the same things, you know, do everything the same. I don't stand out at all, but I call myself a Christian. Christian are those who are Christ-like, those who actually are shining for Jesus. You look at their life and you say, you know what, there's something different about them. Something different, I can't put my finger on it, but they live their life differently. Oh wait, they're a Christian? That makes sense. They're living their lives to be like Jesus. You see, in our day and age, it's possible to look, act, and smell like a Christian, yet not be following Jesus. It is. Oh, God bless your brother, you know. We all of a sudden put on the Hulk Hogan impersonation. <laughs> God bless your brother, you know, and good to see you. We can say all these different things to look just like everybody else, but truly, if you're going to be a Christian, you need to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus means to do what he did, to say what he said. To be like Christ. Amen? Amen. Well, the other day, I was asked by a student why I ever chose to follow Jesus. That's a tough question, you know, from a student. Like, oh, wow, okay, let me rewind. And I'll kind of give you somewhat of my response. I said, well, first of all, God has blessed me very much. I mean, God has taken great, great care of my family. And it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance, right? And so because of God's kindness, at the age 14, I, I decided to follow Jesus with the rest of my life. No matter what it looked like, no matter what came my way, I am going to follow Jesus. And the way I look at it, there are a lot of different things, a lot of different people you can be following these days. If you're not following Jesus then you are following someone or something else. You are conforming your life. You are imitating something else, and that is how you're living your life by. And so for me, at that age, I've said, all right, I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what because you know I could be following someone's Facebook page. I could be following someone's Instagram or Twitter feed. I could be following someone's blog or YouTube channel. I could be following somebody I look up to. There are a lot of different people and a lot of different things to be following. The reason why I follow Jesus is because No one has given me grace like Jesus. No one has loved me like Jesus. No one has believed in me like Jesus. Nobody has lifted me up like Jesus. No one has given me fulfillment in my life and purpose here on earth like Jesus. So I must respond to him. I've got to do something about this. I can't just stand by and just say, All right, God, thanks for your sacrifice, and then just live my life the way I want to. I would much rather live for my God. I would much rather live for my Maker and be utilized for the reason why God created me. Because if I'm not following Jesus, then I'm following something else, following someone else. So why not live my life for God who gave Himself for me? Amen? Because it's His kindness. that led me to repentance and to accept Jesus into my heart, age 14. And I make it that my, my life goal. No matter what, I'm going to follow Jesus with my life. No matter how hard it gets, no matter how difficult some things may be, I'm going to continue to follow Jesus. And I just encourage you to do the same, to make that one of your life goals as well. So who do you, why do you follow Jesus? are you following Jesus today? Luke 9, 24, the very next verse is this. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. If you try to hold on to your own life goals, you're going to lose them eventually. So why not just give them up? Why not just live for God instead and say, All right, God, I want to live the same life goals for my life that you want me to live. So number one, what are Jesus' life goals for our lives? Number one, we need to give up our own way. We need to yield to God. We say, all right, God, I'm putting you first and I'm taking myself out of the driver's seat. Number two, I must take up my cross daily. Whatever that sacrifice looks for you, saying, God, all right, I'm gonna live for you, whatever that takes. And number three, I'm gonna follow you, Jesus. I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna imitate my life. I'm gonna conform to how you lived your life because I wanna live for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, God, for uh, this morning. I thank you for everybody, Lord, that came here. And just for the opportunity, God, just to be able to teach your word. It's always an honor and always a privilege. <laughs> with all heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to talk with you guys just real quick. I want to reiterate a thought for you. Are you really following Jesus? Like I said, I mean, God's going to speak to you on that. I can't convince you otherwise. But maybe God spoke to you this morning in one of more of these areas. Maybe it's surrender. Giving up your own way. Maybe it's sacrifice. Maybe it's imitating him more. (laughs) If that's you this morning and God spoke to you and you would like to respond to him, and say, all right, God, I hear you loud and clear, but I'm gonna need prayer for that. I would love to be able to pray for you. If that's You you, can you just raise up your hand wherever you're at? saying, you know what, one of those three areas, God really spoke to me. I know I need to work on that. God, may you please help me. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the hands that are raised. You know their hearts. You know them, God, by name. And so Lord, I just ask God that you would empower them by your Holy Spirit, God. As Philippians 4.13 says, Lord, that you would give them strength, God, because we can do all things through you, Jesus, who give us strength. And so Father, whatever that is in their life, help them to get through it. May it be a constant reminder may be a constant reminder that needs to take place daily with all eyes closed, heads bowed. If you have never accepted Christ into your life and you would like to do that for the very first time because the truth is God has a goal for you and it's to save you because he loves you. So that's why God sent his only son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. And if that's you this morning, I just ask that you would just pray this simple prayer. There's nothing fancy about this prayer. It's just your heart behind it. Pray something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I confess I'm not perfect. I'm a sinner. Will you please be my God? Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me of all my mistakes from here on out and help me to live for you. If you prayed that prayer just now, I would love to pray for you. Could you just simply just raise your hand and say, you know what? Yeah, I prayed that prayer. I accepted Jesus into my heart for the very first time. Praise God. See your hands. God bless you. God bless you. (laughs) Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for all the hands that were raised. God, we thank you for all the lives that you've changed here today. And Jesus, may you now continue to empower them and give them the strength to live for you. To turn, Lord, from our ways and to give up our own way, Lord, and to live and follow you, Jesus. And so, Father, we ask all these things in your precious name, Lord Jesus. And everybody says, amen. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys, uh, for allowing me to... The privilege of being able to speak this morning. Um, Hey, if you raised your hand and you accepted Christ for the very first time today, uh, we want to know about it. Uh, You have a connection card in your bulletin. Please fill that out. Make sure you uh, put that in the the offering bucket as it passes by. Um, First time guests, we want to know about you. We want to be able to follow up. And so we'll be able to follow up with a letter in the mail as well as a free gift um, as well. So please, please take the time to do that. Well, um, you guys, first time guests, we're not interested in your money today, we're just interested in you, and next week, we are starting a brand new series, You Asked For It, and Pastor Doug is going to be back, so you don't want to miss next week, because you guys, you asked for it, and so whatever we're going to be talking about, you put on that piece of paper, you asked for it, it's your fault, okay, whatever Pastor Doug talks about, (laughs) But uh, you guys, um, we're going to worship God now with our tithes and with our offerings, and uh, we we serve a giving God. Amen? And so we want to uh, give first, we want to save second, we want to learn to live on the rest. And so uh, we have some important announcements. Please stay wherever you're seated and go ahead and take a look at this.